Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch, chop, retrofit. So we did just have a semi-panic experience right before this recording where I left the gate unlatched and one of the dogs, the, the dog that likes me more than the other one, <laughs> Max. Max, escaped. It was all hands on deck. We, we got in your car and pulled into the road and immediately saw him in yeah. the neighbor's next door yard. He was on the other side of the house. It was kind of a emergency that wasn't an emergency. Crisis averted. It was a, do- a dog false flag. But this is not a Baja Men podcast. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? Cinema Chop Shop let the dogs out. This is a movie podcast where we can see that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs like us decide who's recast in those iconic roles? My name is Travjure Island. Yep. AKA Curse of the Trav Pearl. Uh-huh. AKA Travton Hook. Ah, I like that one too because of the weird bend in my penis yeah uh so i'm joined here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer sean stranger tides (laughs) aka sean bad the sailor Mm. aka long sean silver (laughs) and in our third seat the chop shop regulator sail the seven chelsea's nice aka chelanda Daughter of the Black Corsair. Jeez. Okay. That's a deep dive. And apparently those are the only two that I had. I, I thought I had three for you, but they're they're both um they're both also quite lengthy. Long John as well. Uh further description of the show, the tagline says watch chop retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes they're classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. Quick disclaimer. We're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. Walk the plank. Run him through. This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we succeed. In getting that booty. (laughs) And that'll bring us to movie news. This is a segment where uh, throughout the time between recordings, we try to pay attention to... Uh, the 24-hour cinema news cycle and try to glean stories that we find interesting and we feel like relate to our show a little bit and that you, the chop shoppers out there, might find interesting as well. Unfortunately, it's been a couple weeks since we recorded and we've got a few notable RIPs. First, we've got William Hurt passed away, star of, uh, well, his debut film, Altered States, Kiss of the Spider Woman, which he won an Oscar for, and then Broadcast News has died at the age of 71. The Oscar winner and four-time nominee also was memorable in The Big Chill, Children of a Lesser God, The Accidental Tourist, and A History of Violence. He died on the 13th at his home in Portland, Oregon. I mean, if you're going to (laughs) go... One of his three sons, Will, told The Hollywood Reporter... He did not divulge the cause of death. Have we heard since then? Not the cause of death sure. Now? I have not. Seven, 71. He, he died of being 71. All right. So rest in peace and rest in power to William Hurt. Next, uh, we've got a couple of Ukraine war casualties. First, rest in peace to revered Ukrainian actress Oksana Shvets. Uh, who has been killed in a Russian rocket attack on a residential building in Kiev. 
According to the Young Theater, where she was part of the troupe, she was reportedly 67. No one knows that when she was born, they wrote birthday on rock with mud. <laughs> that comes to us from Deadline.com. Also, acclaimed filmmaker Brent Renaud shot and killed in Ukraine. Brent Renaud, an acclaimed filmmaker who traveled to some of the darkest and most dangerous corners of the world for documentaries that transported audiences to the little-known places of suffering, died Sunday after Russian forces opened fire on his vehicle in Ukraine. And that's very sad. Yeah. Rest in peace and rest in power. And all right, on... Wait, wait, wait. Yes. William Hurt died of... Prostate cancer. Oh, yeah. wow. Prostate cancer. On a lighter note, Play-Doh. Emily V. Gordon to write John M. Chu circling to direct animated pick for E1 and Hasbro about colorful clay. And Sean, you had one response to this. Yeah, I said that uh, if they can do it like in a Gumby and Pokey kind of style, yes. I'm Hell on board. Yeah. Be on board. And this is when you need smell-o-vision in the movie theaters, because that Play-Doh smell, mm -hmm. that's just a hotline to memory. Absolutely. Uh, Chelsea, have you much experience with Play-Doh? Okay, I'm a mother. Yes, I the, have the shit done. The uh, Greek philosopher. Yeah, also know about him. Next up, Joey Gordy Levi's. Come on down. <laughs> He's going to be playing. Uh, no, it's here's Joey. Uh, Joey Gordy Levi's is going to be playing Johnny Carson in a biopic series called King of Late Night. That comes to us from the AV Club. And the only other information I have here is that after replacing Jack Parr, Carson ended up hosting The Tonight Show for 30 years. But how do you guys think that JGL will do? He certainly doesn't look like Johnny Carson. He kind of has a similarly shaped head. Okay. But he's like a, a real... A, nor a normie head? No, no. Yeah. yeah he's, real, he's a real norm head? Norm head. I'm interested to see what he does. He's a great actor, so... I think he can pull it off. I think off. he can pull it off, too. Yeah. I mean... We are fans of JGL. That story is from AV Club. Next, Mandy filmmaker Panos Cosmatos is teaming with A24 and XYZ Films for the sci-fi fantasy Necrocosm. Uh, Cosmatos will direct and came up with story with Megan Huang, or Huang, who is now writing the script. And that's from The Hollywood Reporter. And I have it on good authority that XYZ Films is short for Examine Your Zipper. Nice. Uh, what do we think about this? I'm excited. Yeah. He's been pretty low-key since uh, Mandy came out. So yes. I'm really, really interested to see what and the And that movie is. is like off the rails, balls to the wall, fucking crazy. My favorite shirt! <laughs> yes. <laughs> he goes from like being upset about his shirt to trying to find his pig. And then our final story for today, for this episode, is one that, Sean, you sent me today. And I believe that uh, my response on the <laughs> messaging app was, Auga! It was Wowza, but wow. yeah. That's get... how I spell Auga! <laughs> Netflix's Marilyn Monroe movie gets a rare NC-17 rating for sexual content. The MPAA has given the biopic Blonde, starring... My girl, Ana de Armas, as the celebrity icon, an adults-only rating. 
I want to know who's playing JFK. Oh, Greg Kinnear. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's based on the Joyce Carol Oates novel okay. of the same name. And right on. that's uh, interesting. I, I'm really curious to see how it works out. This sounds exciting. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah. That's going to wrap us up on movie news for this week. Do you guys hear a phone ringing? That must mean that it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Buenos dias, Chop Choppers. Let's go, girls. Chelsea's choice for Jessica Tandy's role in Fried Green Tomatoes is Fanula Flanagan. Rule 32 is basically Pixar didn't happen. I couldn't find a specific rule involving subreddits, but there is a subreddit of rules of the internet. That's it. This kick-ass woman is gonna go kick some more ass. See you next time. No, 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 no. You go, girl. And that's gonna close the doors on the Department of Corrections for this week. Bring us to the theme of the episode. This is one that, Sean, you were really surprised that we had never done. Yeah, it's uh, it seems like it's in our wheelhouse. Uh, and it, uh, I agree, it, it's something that's been swept under the rug and we needed to address it. It is pirate movies. Straight up, swashbuckling, shiver me timbers, batten down the hatches, pirate movies. Chelsea... As as our uh, third seat and the regulator, how do you feel about this genre? I don't like it. You don't like it? No. Um, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Would it be better if it was, say, in a modern setting and it was a cargo ship piloted by, I don't know. America's, America's dad. dad, Tom Hanks, and the pirates were from Somalia? No. No, you don't. You don't like it at what all. What if they were Muppets and they were hunting for treasure on an island? N- no. No. What if it was Johnny Depp and Kira Knightley? No, and I've never watched those fucking movies. No. Okay. All right. Well, Sean, <laughs> how do you feel about the genre of pirate movies? They've been around since the early days of film. Yes. It's a great, uh, fun setting for movies and lots can be done with the the whole concept of pirates on the seven seas they're swashbucklers they're heroes they're villains you know chelsea's chelsea is literally shaking her head and i'm wondering is it the inherent masculinity of these movies that is so troubling for you i mean that's part of it but then when i was in the navy Ah. i mean it would god it's like being a ginger and hearing do the curtains match the drapes or whatever the fuck the saying is or do i have a soul or not how many times i got called a fucking pirate and somebody would go arg no i fucking can't stand it it is ridiculous female naval personnel are uh there's a derogatory way that people say pirate towards them it's just i think it's anybody in the navy has sort of dealt with this like oh you're a pirate now okay, they just so think of people navy people yeah would call navy people pirates yes well that's stupid that's weird and so they, then the opposite of well not the opposite but they're definitely not the same thing as i know <laughs> but it's just a dumb joke but then at yeah. the same time when you want to talk about modern ones mm-hmm. like i can't tell you how many people came rolling through my hospital with fucking injuries because of it from wow. hooks 
No. Splinter's you dumbass. No. <laughs> real from injuries. From getting goddamn shot. Oh. From real pirates. Sailburn. <laughs> Stop it. In English-speaking popular culture, the modern pirate stereotype owes its owes its attributes mostly to the imagined tradition of the 18th century Caribbean pirate sailing off the Spanish main and to such celebrated 20th century depictions as Captain Hook and his crew in the theatrical and film versions of J.M. Barrie's childhood book, Peter Pan. Robert Newton's portrayal of Long John Silver in the 1950s film adaptation of the Robert Louis Stevenson novel Treasure Island and various adaptations of the Middle Eastern pirate Sinbad the Sailor. In these and countless other books, films, and legends, pirates are portrayed as swashbucklers and plunderers, shown on ships, often wearing eye patches or peg legs, having a parrot perched on their shoulder and saying phrases like our matey and shiver me timbers pirates have retained their image throughout pirate themed tourist attractions films toys books and plays so that's the that's the the waters that we're unchartedly sailing into you guys i also think it's kind of prescient that we're in south carolina where oh yeah the Pirates took shore in North Carolina, South Carolina. Charleston and Wilmington. Yeah. Absolutely. Quite often. All right. So that's going to bring us to our next segment, right? Yeah. This is going to be the Midnight Double Feature. And this is where we go around the panel and we each suggest two movies that might be appropriate for a double feature that fit into the theme of our episode, this week being pirate movies, matey. <laughs> doesn't get old. <laughs> no, it never does. <laughs> and like we said, talk about them a little bit and, and talk about why they might relate to each other and why they'd be great. And Chelsea, are you ready to go first with the double feature? Yeah. So these two movies are ones from my childhood. Yes. That I saw before I was tainted with the stupid pirate fucking jokes. Ah. From 1985, The Goonies. Yeah, heard of, all seen. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Heard of it. And then I'm pairing that with 1991's Hook. Ah. Do we do the Rufio chant now? Rufio. Rufio. I just like them. You like both of those movies. Yeah. All right. Well, go back and listen to the... The live episode. The live... The one live episode. It was a Goonies watch watch party party in public. All right, Sean, over to you. What do you got for a double feature? Well, you know, Chelsea was talking about the masculinity of pirates, so I'm going to buck that trend and give you two with uh, females at the uh, focal point of the films. There you go. 1950s Buccaneers Girl, directed by Frederick de Cordova. Okay. Actually, probably more known to people by the Johnny Carson pronunciation, Fred de Cordova. Fred was the longtime director... He was the longtime director and producer of The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. No shit. He was the one to always... going to play him in the J.J.L. bio. But anyway, he directed it. It was uh, starring Yvonne DiCarlo. Nice. We talked about her before. Had, had her She's own been episode. on the show. And Philip Friend. She plays Deborah McCoy. She's a New Orleans singer. She's on a ship that's captured by uh, forces of a pirate captain, Frederick Baptiste. Mm-hmm. Baptiste keeps McCoy captive, but she escapes in New Orleans and is hired as a singer by Madame Brizard, 
the proprietor of a school for young ladies. At this time, she discovers that the uh, the pirate is also doubling as a society man. She kind of like uh, roots him out and falls in step with him as a pirate. And at the end of the film, finally, you get to see Yvonne DiCarlo in her Madame Brazier. No, no, you don't. But you get to see her as a pirate, which is kind of cool. That is cool. So that's followed up with 1995's Cutthroat Island. Yes, Gina Davis and Matthew Modine. This poor film. I'm not even going to talk about the plot because I've talked about it before, but it was a box office disaster. Several recasts, several rewrites. Um, it uh, has losses of $147 million. Yeah, they spent so much money on this, and they expected it to be like a summer tent pole. Yeah, and so it basically this movie submarined the whole concept of pirate movies until Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And I hate it because I really like the idea of Gina Davis as a pirate captain. Yeah. Fuck everybody who said it was bad. I like the movie Cutthroat Island. I was excited. I it's saw the preview for it. Because I was a kid when it came out and I, I watched it and I dude, was all about it. I saw the trailer for it and I'm a sucker for Gina Davis and yeah. I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. Oh no. I'm not a big Matthew Modine fan. Though. Me neither. All right, I've got a uh, double feature of my own. The first one is going to be, or they're both from the 80s. The first one's from 1984. However, I just watched it for the very first time and loved it. It is The Ice Pirates, not to be confused with Sean's favorite movie, The Ass Pirates. This is directed by Stuart Raphael, who co-wrote the screenplay with Kroll writer Stanford Sherman. We've got a whopping 9% on Cotton Too low. Tomatoes. Too low. That Too is low. bullshit. This movie holds up, folks. It stars Robert Urich, uh, Mary Crosby, and Michael D. Roberts. Other notable featured actors are Angelica Houston, Ron Perlman, Bruce Valanche, or at least the head of Bruce Valanche, yep. uh, and John Carradine, godfather, father of the patriarch of the Carradine acting clan, and former football player John Matuzic. Yep. Water is most precious. Water is the most precious commodity in the galaxy where Princess Karina is trying to find her father, who has disappeared after discovering treacherous information. She has sold two space pirates who she enlists in helping her track down her father. A couple of funny things. The this is one of the only movies where the spaceship gets herpes. Space herpes. Space herpes are deadly. And um, what else? The uh, the castration machine. That was funny. Uh, you have something to say, Sean. You mentioned John, John Matuzic. Yes. Do you not see the connection between your pick and one of Chelsea's picks? I don't. John Matuzic played Sloth. Oh, no shit. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. That is very cool. Good job. Robert Urich kind of looks like a mid-2000s Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, he kind of uh, does. But is not as not as serious or like snappy. He's he's kind of more of a stud studly guy. The only thing that that I didn't understand is what was the deal with those groundhogs? It was it, weird. It was just like, it, oh, Caddyshack was big. Yeah. We got to have yeah. some gophers. Yep. I saw this in the theater when I was a kid, and it's a bizarre movie. And Red, I would love to see it on the big screen. Red Letter Media did a did a, a rewatch of this, uh-huh. and they were like, it holds up. Yeah. It's got some gags that are funny. All right. And so I'm going to pair that with another absurd movie called Time Bandits from 1981, co-written and produced by Terry Gilliam 
the only American Python. Uh, it's got a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. When watching the two of these back to back, I liked Ice Pirates better than Time Bandits. But you have the prestige of it being Terry Gilliam and... Uh, you also have all the people involved. You've got Sean Connery. You've got John Cleese. You've got Shelley Duvall. You've got Ralph Richardson, Catherine Helmond, Ian Holm as Robin Hood, Michael Palin, Peter Vaughn, and David Warner. And it almost has like a, a kind of a, Spear, a Spielberg quality at the beginning where you've got this young kid and he's very precocious and he's a big history buff. And he just can't believe it when these six dwarves crash through his bedroom wall and abduct him to go on a time-traveling expedition to certain points in time, a la Bill and Ted, to steal treasure. Sorry, treasure from people like Robin Hood. And it's pretty fucking crazy. Gilliam is referred to Time Bandits as the first in his trilogy of imagination, and it's it goes along with Brazil from 85 and then uh, The Adventures of Baron von Munchausen in 1988. And they're all about, quote, the craziness of our awkwardly ordered society and the desire to escape it through whatever means possible. So that's going to be my double feature. Uh, Chelsea, have you seen either of these movies? Ice Pirates? I've seen Time the time bandits one uh-huh i don't i don't think i've seen the other one the ice pirates i highly recommend it that brings us to our feature segment you guys this is the recast and this is where we take a predetermined movie that we all watch in advance and we talk about it a little bit and how it relates to the genre and then we hypothetically recast a few of the main roles with contemporary actors and the first movie is going to be one that I, I picked it because it has a very high rating for a pirate movie. It's got a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. I liked it a lot more when it started to get goofy. But did you guys see my review? I should, I'm burying the lead here. We're talking about The Crimson Pirate from 1952, directed by Robert Siodmak uh, and starring Burt Lancaster. My review was... I've got some serious doubts about some of the inventions oh, yeah. and the feats of science yeah. that they pull off in the movie. Other than that, I thought it was a pretty fun watch. What did you think, Sean? I was kind of on the fence about it. It, it had some Disney-esque kind of flair Indeed. to it, but at the same time, it didn't. And, and it was like pick a lane kind of thing. It's like, are you an adult movie or are you a kid's movie? And there were too many of each element yeah to really make it gel for me and uh chelsea did you have a feeling about this one yeah the other yeah i fucking hated this film so sorry no it's fine uh so you didn't really really have any major points that stood out to you as hate worthy but in general you just didn't care for it yeah i just hated it yes and it probably goes back to the the whole pirate Thing. I don't know. Captain Vallow, played by Burt Lancaster, the leader of a roving band of pirates, hijacks a ship filled with expensive cargo. When a crew member, Leslie Bradley, played by Leslie Bradley, tells him the ship was bound for an island whose inhabitants have risen up against a king, Vallow hatches a scheme to sell guns to the rebels 
and take their leader in for a reward. But once Valo and his lieutenant Oho, played by Nick Cravat, are on the island, their plans change when they meet Consuelo, played by Eva Bartok, and the other resistance fighters. Now, speaking of Burt Lancaster and his lieutenant, Nick Cravat, you had some more information for us, right, Sean? Yeah, they were in nine films together. Nine films. So... Well, this naturally led me to do a little Googling. Was Burt Lancaster gay? And the consensus was, at the very least, Burt Lancaster was bisexual. Okay. And that was that's the speculation. There is nothing to confirm it. That's just strictly hearsay. Yeah. But apparently he employed a lot of homosexual assistants, and he said they're just the best assistants. When that Rock might very well be true, though. When Rock Hudson uh, had came out of the closet and had AIDS, uh, Bert was one of the first celebrities to, to rise to his defense when that was a very unpopular thing to do. Right. Long and the short of it is, no, Bert Lancaster was not gay, but he was an ally, I mm-hmm. think would probably be the thing. But the fact that they made nine films together, it seemed really strange to me. I mean, maybe I mean, maybe they were involved with each other romantically. Nobody, who's to say? But there's also this st- distinct possibility that they were just creative partners i guess yeah. but they seem so different from one another yeah while i was watching this i was noticing that uh burt lancaster they've got him kind of a, as a blonde pirate yeah know? the blonde was interesting <laughs> um he's he's got two earrings he's yeah. a little bit of a pretty boy he had a lot of costume changes for somebody <laughs> for somebody who is supposed to be intimidating and yeah. i pointed this out to michelle while i was watching and i was like he's just a little Little too pretty. The roles we're going to recast. We've got Burt Lancaster as Captain Valo. We've got Nick Cravat as Oho. We've got Ava Bartok as Consuelo. And then we've got Leslie Bradley as Baron Jose Gruda. Chelsea, who have you got for Captain Valo? I mean, do you really want to sit here and listen to me recast John Hamm for all of these roles and then Kristen Stewart for the one female? No, I don't think you do. So I'll just make if fun you of your really picks. really want to know, she comes here and laugh. All right. So, really Sean, hated who, these films. Who is your pick for Captain Valor? Well, with Burt Lancaster, Captain Valium. With Burt Lancaster, I always fall back on one actor because I think he reminds me of him tremendously. And I'm just going to say, most recently I saw him in the film Fresh. I'm casting Sebastian Stan. Okay. All right, that's fair. I didn't think about that, but now that you mention it, yeah. My actor's only 31 now. He was in a really underrated film called I Am Number Four. I'm joking. It's not underrated. That movie sucks. I was going to say, I strangely watched that, and it's terrible. Uh, He's in Magic Mike, and he's in Elvis and Nixon. His name is Alex Pettifer. Alex Pettifer. I don't like him. He always looks like he needs to take a bath or something. Like he was, he's been on a pirate ship. For yeah, but long? I mean, <laughs> he's not as pretty. Okay, I'm, fair. I don't know. Next up, we've got the role of Oho, uh, doing his best, um, his best Buster Keaton impression. Is he Buster mute? Keaton or 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 Harpo Marx? It's very vaudevillian. Yeah. Um, but is the character mute? I didn't quite catch. They said it several times that he was mute. He's mute. Okay. Yeah. It'd be a great reveal if in the final scene he speaks. Yeah. He goes, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. You cool. <laughs> I'm out. Well, I wanted to go a little bit different on the casting. I, I went with somebody who may have been picked up 
along the many travels of the pirate through the seven seas kind of thing. Uh, this actor uh, was in Brittany Runs a Marathon. Mm-hmm. He was in Blind Spotting. He was really good in Free Guy. Uh, and he can currently be seen as one of the co-stars in the CBS adaptation of the BBC series, Ghosts. I went with Utkarsh Amdukar. Is that show good? Ghosts? The BBC one is. Oh, okay. Ambudkar. Right on. Yeah, he was one of the tech support guys on Free Guy that was trying to ah, to figure out the, yeah, yeah. the whole, why is there a, a dude that's running rampant? Anyway. Uh, my actor is 40 now as well. He was in X-Men Days of Future Past. Do you want to guess which character, Sean? He no. was in X-Men? No. He was Sunspot in X-Men. He's also in Amanda and Jack Go Glamping and The Devil Below. His name is Adon Kanto. Adon Kanto. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I dig it. I like the uh, picture with the mm-hmm. uh, sitting in the hammock. That's very yeah. islandish. Yeah, yeah. You know, I try with my picks. Yep. Next up, we've got the role of Consuelo, played by Eva Bartok. What nationality do you think Eva Bartok is, Chelsea? I don't know. Well, we talked about a different Ava on this show before, and she was from a certain country. And this actress is also named Ava, and she's from that same Oh, God. Is that like S- Slovenia or something? Hungary. Hungary. Hungary is correct. Well, I went with a Dominican actress. Very good. And uh, she's 27 years old. She's known for her singing abilities. Uh, she was in In the Heights mm-hmm. in the role of Nina. Is it Rosie Perez? And she's also going to be the new Batgirl in the movie Batgirl. Mm. I went with Leslie Grace. She's good. My Consuelo is 32 <clears throat> now. She's in... It's a spinoff movie from a very kind of obscure franchi- franchise called The Fast and the Furious. She was in Hobbs and Shaw. She's also in Alita Battle Angle. Angel. And, oh. <laughs> And also Baby Driver. Her name is Eliza Gonzalez. Eliza Gonzalez. I also went with a... I like her. She's really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. We got one more. We've got Baron Jose Gruda, who is played by Leslie Bradley, who was 45 at the time. And Sean, who do you have for this? It's kind of ambiguous as to whether or not Gruda was British or of an island descent in the film. Yeah. So I went with the, I went with the British angle for this. Mm-hmm. Um, someone with an actor who was 44 years old and he can do the dark and menacing thing very well. And I think that was important in this role. This guy was not very dark and menacing in the film. He was in, isn't it romantic with rebel Wilson? He was in Buffalo soldiers and he was in the show Lucifer. I went with Tom Ellis. Tom Ellis, right, right. Real quick, before I get into my pick for Jose Gruda, I did want to talk about some of the, uh, I guess, pseudoscience in this movie. Yeah. The first one that stood out to me was when they are set adrift in the rowboat or the dinghy. Yep. And they decide to capsize the boat. Yes. And then they, it kind of sinks down to the bottom upside down and they stand on the ocean floor and there's enough air in the in the hole for them to breathe and they walk it forward then the makeshift gatling gun with the wagon wheels those were single action 
rifles. Oh, yeah. If not percussion muzzle loaders. What about the submarine? Yeah. That was not. <laughs> it, the, the hot air balloon was the most believe, believable invention that they came up with. Uh, Chelsea, did you enjoy the scientific aspects of the film? No. So my pick for Baron Jose Gruda is 49 now. He was in, oh, a real family film called Marley and Me. Uh, It's about Jamaican reggae legend Bob Marley and me. And then also Burlesque. He was in Burlesque. He was also on Grey's Anatomy and he's in Euphoria kind of intimidating on that show his name's eric dane yeah eric dane is gonna be my baron jose i like that pick that's good so final thoughts on the crimson pirate i didn't really understand the 100 rating yeah uh, maybe it's just because it's burt lancaster or maybe it's because of the time maybe i don't know i I was also confused by that. I thought it was a bit overrated. I wish I gave it, I think in my review, like three or three and a half. Yeah. I would have preferred Captain Blood with Errol Flynn, which I have not yet seen. I did not get a chance. It's okay. No, I I, like you. I saw the 100%. I was like, oh, this will be cool. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's just not great. And, and Chelsea, don't hold back. How much did you love this movie? Um, This movie was dumb. All right. So with that, we are going to head into intermission, but not before we say, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some rum and some citrus fruits to ward off the scurvy. And for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Chop Shop Morning Zoo on WCCS 85.5 FM. The Shop with Travisito, the Brew Boss. And me, Chelsea, the Regulator. Well, we'll be breaking down the recast of your precious childhood movies. All, all morning, morning long. <laughs> and if you can't listen on your toilet or in your car, just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Podbean.com. Hello there, all you naughty chop shoppers. So, you like to listen? Oh, you're bad. Wouldn't you also love to see all of our hot pictures and posts on our very own social media? Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you think you can handle it. Do you need a used movie? Good credit, bad credit, no credit, no problem! Come on down to Wacky Trav's Cinema Chop Shop Blowout Sale. He's He's out out of of his mind. mind. Where we can guarantee you, you'll go home happy. Social security number, criminal background check, and blood sample required. Side effects may include euphoria, hallucinations, and delusions of grandeur. So please remember to watch Chop Retrofit. All right, welcome back, Chop Shoppers. Thank you for bearing with us during intermission. We just had to swab the deck. No, we had to bury, had to dig for treasure in the yard. We had to bury the treasure in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> and when we come back from intermission, what do we like to do, Sean? Beer check-ins. And I brought 
a beer that's kind of on theme. Kind of. Uh, like, so let's say the pirates make landfall. Yeah. And they, they rape and pillage and they plunder. And then what do they do? They burn the cities. Burn all of your cities to the ground. This is Burning Cities from New Anthem Brewing. New in, Anthem. In uh, Wilmington. In Wilmington, home, North Carolina. Home, home it's of a mini- pirate <laughs> town. It's a virtual treasure trove yes. of pirate history. It's a red IPA, by the way. Red beard. And this is a... If I had a beard and I drank a red IPA, it might be a red beard. This is a uh, citrus, Simcoe, and Amarillo, which I cannot complain about that hot bill. That's great. All right. So this tastes kind of like a red ale that's very I would, hoppy. I would call it a hoppy red ale before I would call it a red IPA. Right. I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. Um, it's 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 tasty, but it's definitely definitely more along a hoppy red than a red IPA because yeah. it doesn't quite have the the hop character and the bite that you'd expect from an IPA. It's really um, it's really splitting parrot feathers though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So while we enjoy that, we are going to get into. The 2022 movie marathon. And as of this recording, it is the 84th day of the year. And I'm on one ahead. I'm on 85. I'm on 103. 103. Good on you. And what's your first check-in going to be for this week, Sean? So I'm going to check in a film from 2014. Uh, This was uh, check-in number 90 for me. It's called The Pirates. The Pirates. This is a South Korean film. And uh, I called it in my review, Crouching Pirates Hidden Treasure. That's not offensive at all. I noticed you also had a caveat. Yes, I know this is a Korean film. Correct. It's overly long. It's overly silly. There are way too many characters. There's no real connection to any particular character in the film. But the production value is off the charts. Okay. They spent a lot of money making this. And there's a lot of cool pirate elements, but also a lot of... A lot of it takes place on land. I could really see how the pirate theme would lend itself to that kind of crouching tiger choreography there is fight a, scene. Yeah, there's a lot of line work that mm-hmm. was really cool to watch. There's a cool scene when they are on land. One of the the female pirates is like there's like a like a, a water delivery system to get water to the, the whole village. And essentially, it's just a giant water slide. It looked mm-hmm. like a Disney ride. And there's a like a scene where she's like sliding down, shooting arrows all the way down at people. It's kind of cool, but again, um, just way too many characters and just not a lot to get interested in with the movie other than it looks good. All right. My first check-in for this week is going to be number 79. This is one that I kind of stumbled on and was surprisingly impressed with. Watch this with my wife. It's from 2020. It's called Drunk Bus. Drunk Bus. And it's a very funny get busy living or get busy dying type of situation. Uh, it's a comedy based on supposedly real events. We've got this uh, down and out college dropout whose girlfriend has left him in this college town that he moved to with her. And she moved to New York and he couldn't he couldn't hack it and stayed in the college town driving the third shift college free bus. So all of the drunk college kids are riding his free bus. And then the bus company hires him a bouncer. Uh, 
<laughs> and it's this like six foot, 350 pound Samoan dude named Pineapple with tattoos all over his face. But he's like a Samoan shaman. Okay. Right? Okay. And so turns out that the guy is a real guy. Pineapple is really named Pineapple. And he is a... Um, He's a tattoo artist and his Twitter handle is at Shaman Pineapple. And he was he was quite wise. Okay. Yeah. I I recommend this movie. It's kind of a romp, kind of a coming of age, finding yourself type of story. Okay. Cool. Um, but they also in in him finding himself, they make a lot of bad decisions. Uh, I'm going to check in a really strange pirate movie. This one's called A High Wind in Jamaica. The film is based on a novel, and the novel is much darker in tone, very grim, because what you have are a bunch of children living in Jamaica with their family. And the parents realize that the kids just aren't getting the education they need in Jamaica. So they want to send them back to England to boarding school. Mm. So they board. Were they they getting too high in Jamaica? No. (laughs) So they put the high wind in Jamaica, man. (laughs) So they put them on a ship to send them back immediately. Back to Babylon. Shut up. (laughs) The ship immediately gets boarded by pirates. And the children end up getting on board the pirate ship instead of staying where they're supposed to. And the, sh- the pirates go off in their own direction. They discover, oh, we've got stowaways. They're, they're children on board. Sometimes job brings you surprises. So you can imagine in a very realistic novel where this would pose problems. Well, in this film, Anthony Quinn is the lead pirate. Well, okay. And... A lot of people wanted to shut this movie down, but Anthony Quinn at the time used his clout to get this movie pushed through. And it's a very Disney-esque adaptation of this grim novel. So it's a very clean, squeaky clean. I call it like, it's like the Von Trapp kids at sea. A lot of people don't know that this novel was written by the Brothers Grimm. Shut up. Uh, It flopped at the box office, by the way. People can smell bullshit. (laughs) And it starred Aiden Quinn, of course. Anthony Quinn. Of course, Aiden Quinn is the son of Anthony Quinn. All right, my next one is number 81. It's called Boom for Real, The Late Teenage Years of Jean-Michel Basquiat. Uh, For the uninitiated, Basquiat was an African-American graffiti artist in New York who was discovered by Andy Warhol and became very famous and met a tragic young death. The only thing I need to say is that it's the origin story of Samo. Uh, My last check-in of the week, it's something I've mentioned before, but this is finally coming out. It was out to us because we were financial backers behind this Uh documentary. I'm talking about In Search of Tomorrow. This counts as like four check-ins it right? should but i'm only counting as one this is uh the documentary about 1980s science fiction films it's like a giant nostalgic hug from the 80s i'm very proud that we are behind it and i think they've done a great job if you've ever seen in search of darkness their horror documentary yeah. about 80s horror movies which one's better um well i found the horror one more interesting because I've seen almost every single film in the In Search of Tomorrow. Yeah. Whereas with In Search of Darkness, I was... It opened you up it, to, it opened, to some new things. Right. They're currently working on another one called In Search of Heroes. Superheroes? Not necessarily superheroes, but like Indiana Jones. Okay. Heroic figures. Heroic figures. But I'm sure like Superman, Batman, I'm sure they figure in as well. But 
yes, movie heroes, uh, Krull, uh, Beastmaster, you know, mm-hmm. Conan, I would imagine would probably you show up in this. real sword and sorcery there. Well, you, you know, a, so did the real, 80s. <laughs> real nerd turn. <laughs> so did the 80s. But yeah, uh, that, that was my film, and uh, we, we really liked it. We had early access to it. It should be hitting. I am remiss because I have not watched it yet, but I do have a whole weekend off work. And I'm supposed to be taking it easy because like the old man that I am, I tweaked my back and I don't know how <laughs> and I'm, I'm hobbling around. No, I'm just not supposed to like get the rotor tiller out or whatever. I got another one. It's number 82 for me. It's called Bad Girls. It's not the one that you saw on Pornhub, Sean. Okay. It's a different, whole different search category. It's the movie that we didn't get a chance to see when we went to the South Carolina underground film festival at the Nickelodeon in Columbia, South Carolina. Right. And, uh, it was the later feature. We did get to see one earlier. We didn't get to see this one, but I was finally able to find it and watch it. And it's an intentionally over the top female driven crime spree flick. Okay. And we don't get a lot of those. There's been a few here lately. Spring Breakers comes to mind. Uh, This one was more tongue-in-cheek than that. I'm glad that I finally got to see it. Oh, cool. And we're supporting local. Right on. And that brings us to the second part of our feature segment. It is the recast continued. Part two. (laughs) The Squeakwool. No, that's definitely Alvin and the Chipmunks. We can't use that. <laughs> this movie is one that I really feel like my parents were probably watching when I was a three-year-old, like toddler running around the room yeah. because some parts of it were just too familiar. Uh-huh. But it's called Yellowbeard from 1983 it's a pirate farce yeah if you will directed by mel damsky uh and i looked him up the vast majority of his filmography are for uh tv movies and tv series he had just a couple of feature films this movie only has a 22 percent on rotten tomatoes which i think is a bit low i think that for what we'll get into what the stars that aligned for this, I think it could be a little bit higher. I enjoyed it. What do you think about it? I recommended that you watch this because I remember watching it as a kid and I think I thought that you would enjoy it. Um, it's silly. It's a farce. As you said, I would give it probably about a 35 to 40. Okay. Um, I think that's fair. Yeah, it's I think not, that's it's right not, in the yeah, right ballpark. It's not a great movie by any stretch, and I'm going to get it's into it. It's right in the right poop deck. And, and unfortunately, Chelsea's having an allergy attack, so she won't be here to, to bag on it as badly as she wants, but I will convey some of her thoughts as well. Okay, quick description. After doing time for two decades, infamous pirate Yellowbeard, played by Graham Chapman, breaks out of prison determined to recover the treasure he buried so long ago. Trouble is, the map has been tattooed onto the head of his effet son, Dan, played by Martin Hewitt, who has little appetite for plundering the high seas. Even worse, a number of rivals aim to beat Yellowbeard to his fortune, including an old shipmate, played by Peter Boyle, 
a secret agent, played by Eric Idle, and a pair of conquistadors, played by Cheech Marin and Tommy Chong. So the gimmick, I guess, of this movie, and this is basically how I reviewed it, it's as though somebody took the uh, cast stables from Mel Brooks movies and Cheech and Chong movies and Monty Python, shook them up, and poured it out into a pirate satire. Absolutely. Uh, for the longest time, from childhood on, I thought this was a Monty Python movie because I had such a strong yeah. connection to Graham Chapman, Eric Idle. I was surprised to learn that it had no connection whatsoever right. later in life. And yeah, it, like you said, you, you've got so many stables of each of those kind of three pillars of comedy movies yeah. of the time so it's really interesting that this film even got made in the first place uh but yeah there, there's some uh yeah, interesting results let's say there you go all right so i'm very interested indeed to hear your pick for the role of yellow beard oh god i'm so excited about this pick this yes. is my favorite pick of the week because i was thinking who could who had the beady round eyes mm -hmm. that graham chapman does and who could make that snarl that he does and i thought of a guy who who hasn't done a whole heck of a lot in film uh lately uh he's he's remained active um, most recently he was in the glow TV series briefly, but, uh, he's very active on social media and he looks the same as he did as a kid. Um, I'm going mm. with an actor named Patrick Renna and you would know him as ham from the sandlot. Oh, no shit, dude. He was also in son-in-law. Yes, he was. Yeah, he's the little brother and son-in-law. I know exactly. I think you would make about. an excellent yellow huh. beard. Wow. That is that is an out there pick. You've never ever shopped or chopped him before. I don't. Think. I don't think I ever have, but uh, I think he'd be fantastic in this part. It would be more red beardy, but, but well, he's yeah, yeah. It, A it, lot of times, Ginger's hairs get lighter as they grow older. But too. before before we move on to your pick, I do want to express something that Chelsea expressed as well. Their leaning on rape jokes in this movie is pretty lowbrow, pretty mm -hmm. low-hanging fruit, and definitely not something that aged very well. Um, even well, for the... It's it's triggering, of yeah. course, but well, yeah, also, yeah, but, isn't it a commentary on, like, the brutality of these figures and how... They came to slash and burn. They came. Yeah, to I mean, village, you, you could you could but take. You the, must wait your turn because they're fucking your whole village. You could take you could take that approach, I, I think. But also, I think it was uh, pretty low hanging fruit that they leaned on, probably more than they should have, because once you make that one joke about when he meets up with Madeline Kahn mm -hmm. and says, you know, I was raping or whatever, it continues through the whole movie. Right, they could and have left it there. At that point, you're beating a dead horse. Indeed. All right, that's fair. Your pick for my yellow pick beard. for Yellowbeard. Okay, uh, and I mentioned I do have a kind of a loose theme. My pick for Yellowbeard was in Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. His name is Simon Pegg, and I specifically need this Simon Pegg. I like it. <laughs> Disheveled, long-haired beard, paranoid. I think Simon Pegg could definitely bring it for this. Next up, we've got the role of Moon, played by Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle was 48 in 1983. Yeah. How old was he 
on Raymond on Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah, he was pretty old. Damn. So who's your pick for Moon? Well, I was going to say something about Moon uh, that that I picked up on. We were watching the uh, the Crimson Pirate. There was the character of his, uh, it wasn't his first mate, it was one of his first officers, I mm-hmm. guess, reminded me of Moon. His betrayer. Yeah, the guy that betrayed the guy him. Basically he basically enacts a mutiny. Yeah, and he had the almost the exact costume that Peter Boyle has. He has the bald head. Peter Boyle had the, the bald head for this mm-hmm. film. So I, that was interesting. I was like, wait a minute, did they get inspiration from the Crimson Pirate? But anyway, uh, Peter Boyle, 48 years old. I was another 48-year-old who kind of has a booming voice who could probably play that betrayer. Um, you would know him from the film's Wrong Turn, May, Waitress, and Clueless. Hmm. With Jeremy Sisto. Ah, okay. Okay. Well, my actor... I didn't. I didn't even put down their ages on these because I'm throwing age out the window. On well, these. that's cool. Is known for movies such as Mallrats, Chasing Amy, and Dogma. His name is Ethan Suppley. Yeah, Ethan I like. Suppley. I thought about Ethan Suppley. Yeah, he's great. He's lost a lot of weight too. Yeah, he's like kind of ripped now. <laughs> like, what's happening? Uh, so is. <laughs> so is. Uh, so is Simon Pegg. Have you seen the pictures of Simon Pegg? No. It's kind of gross. Okay. How, like, ripped he is. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, next up, we've got... Okay, so this duo, Cheech and Chong. Uh, this isn't a Cheech and Chong movie. It's not a Monty Python movie. It's not a Mel Brooks movie. But you can't hardly have Cheech without Chong. Right. So I want to do mine as a duo. That's fine. I'll go ahead and give you both of mine, even though they aren't a duo. Okay. But uh, yeah, I love the fact that, that, that Cheech's character's name is El Segundo. Yes. After a city in Los but Angeles. El Segundo means the second. Right, right. And then, of course. So he probably was the second born in his family. And then like Chong. His, his older brother is El Primero. And then Ch- and Chong was El Nebuloso. Which means the mystery. How'd you like his uh, his lispy affectation of his speech? Well, it's supposed to be a Barcelona accent. I know, right? I thought that yeah. was really hilariously <laughs> over the top. It uh, that that joke got old too. Tommy Chong <laughs> is very ethnically ambiguous. Though. Well, he's from Canada, right? That's but like... in in Up and Smoke, he was supposed to be like half Japanese. And yeah, he's it's very. So go ahead. All right. So my pick for uh, for Cheech's character, I went with a uh, 37-ish year old actor. Um, he was the voice for Manny in the video game Last of Us Part Two. Um, he was in the Forever Purge, uh, but okay. most most people would know him from Narcos Mexico, the TV series. Um, he played uh, uh, Joaquin El Chapo. Uh, in and uh, that TV series, it's Alejandro Eda. Okay, Alejandro Eda. Right on. Did There's you watch favorite. Narcos? I watched uh, a little bit. Okay, but not. I've a whole seen lot. parts of season one. I haven't haven't like really delved into it. Yeah, it it seems intriguing, but also like the news. The news is intriguing. <laughs> um, all right. So for my part of uh, El Nebuloso, yes. Affecting the Tommy Chong. I was a 49-year-old actor. Um, he was in the Lego Batman movie. He was in The House. He was in They Came Together. 
He's one of our peers. Yes. And uh, he was in the di- the dictator. I went with Jason Manzukas. Jason Manzukas. I love it. Oh, he could totally pull that off. He would actually probably have to rein it in a little bit. Yeah, I think he would. All right. Well, my duo for the conquistadores, uh, El Segundo and El Nebuloso, were in a trilogy of films. They were in Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay (laughs) and a very 3D Harold and Kumar Christmas. It is John Cho and Cal Penn. Nice. John Cho and Cal Penn are going to be reunited and they are going to, they're both going to like, you know, they're going to dress in fancy conquistador clothes and they're going to, you know, they're going to hash it out all their, all of their differences and um so did you get my theme no so in this analogy monty python is to edgar wright as mel brooks is to kevin smith as cheech and chong is to harold and kumar wow okay do you like it yeah that's that's uh connecting the dots there little progeny yep i did my homework Final thoughts. Um, I think they're soft recommends on both for me. Yeah, I would go. I would go f- on the fence, depending on what you're into, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If you if, soft like a sea sponge. <laughs> if you like, if you like Monty Python, if you like uh, the Mel Brooks stuff, give this a watch. Yes, it, it's you know it's free on whatever service. I think it's like on Pluto and 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 all those other commercial apps. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to watch it with some commercials unless you are like a premium subscriber to those, but. I think it's worth a watch. Yeah, Crimson Pirate. I, I would leave Crimson Pirate behind and watch something like Captain Blood or the Seahawk instead. If you what want about to... Captain Pirate? Cap- Does anybody watch <laughs> Captain Pirate? Is that a thing? <laughs> it really is. We do have a bonus segment. Fantastic. And it's going to be a hand-to-hand swashbuckling battle between two figures. Just two. Captain D's versus Long John Silver's. <gasps> oh, okay. I'm just joking. That's not what it is. But which Fuck would you, you pick? Man. Which would you pick? Ah, uh, geez. I, I, I'm going to have to go with Long John Silver. Okay. Because usually they're attached to an A&W. And I think that they're probably slightly higher tier. I, You know, I love Captain D's as a kid, but I went there not too long ago and was very disappointed. Disappointed. Well, the... The one Captain D's in Florence isn't that great. Uh, all right, the real battle royale is between three fictional pirates. It's Captain Hook versus Long John Silver versus Captain Jack Sparrow. Hmm. Well, we're talking about a, a, a battle to the death. Captain Hook is not gonna win. That's Why? Just he, he's inept. He thinks he's badass, but he's not. He's he needs me. Yeah, he's just and that damn crocodile. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with Captain Jack Sparrow only because he has chaotic luck on his side. Chaotic luck. Yeah, and choreography. Yeah, I mean he's always getting out of sticky situations mm-hmm. through pure chance, and that's how he's gonna survive this. And I'm gonna go with Long John Silver because of longevity. 
<laughs> longevity silver long sean silver yes all right so i do want to thank you sean for doing everything that you do my co-host and co-producer and uh is there anything you want to plug the hole in this dinghy uh, i want to plug the hole in the ship yeah no i no there's nothing there no no and um we can thank chelsea for being chelsea here. for um powering through the first half and do you know what next week's episode is? Marlon Brando movies. Marlon Brando. And I do have a sneak preview question and answer. Okay. For next week's trivia. And it's about a streetcar named Desire. Okay. Nine members of the original Broadway cast reprised their roles in the film. This was a highly unusual decision at the time and even today. However... Vivian Lee, who had played Scarlett O'Hara in Gone with the Wind, was selected to play Blanche Dubois over what original actress to add star power to the picture? I couldn't even tell you. The role of Blanche Dubois in the original Broadway cast was played by somebody that we talked about on a very recent episode. Her name is jessica tandy oh wow jessica tandy played blanche dubois oh wow i had no idea okay cool all right so we want to plug the podcast itself please rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts and all of your podcatcher apps we are hosted online on podbean.com that's cinema chop shop on podbean.com our twitter is at cinema chop shop we are slash Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook. We are at Cinema Chop Shop on Instagram and also Untapped. And on YouTube, we are Cinema Chop Shop Podcast. And also, we want to say farewell to you, the listeners. Thank you for checking it out. Please remember to get that back. And if you don't, social distance. And what? Fuck Putin. Free Ukraine. Right? Yes. And also, watch, watch Chop Retrofit. Retrofit. Or walk the plank. Mighty.